0: Hello. So We've had a ghostly encounter. We
1: did. Um
0: It's entirely my you're fault. So sad. <laughs> I know. This is gonna be so
1: hard to do now.
0: You were in such a jolly mood, and now you're like, Welcome to all things terror, I guess. My name is
1: Jennifer Sometimes.
0: Whatever. Who cares?
1: The simile, she says stuff.
0: Listen. We are, despite what Clint would say, professionals, professional amateurs, I would say, because we don't get paid, which would make us true professionals, but we are professional that even when we have setbacks like a ghost reaching through the electronic waves to shut down our fair recording, we are going to come back for you people, you people. Probably one of the best
1: storytelling moments of my life just gone
0: you're gonna have to conjure it back up
1: i am um so we have talked about you know the lost episodes and episodes that we had to re-record welcome to all things terror where we are definitely (laughs) re-recording this episode because my computer decided that it just couldn't even anymore
0: I am sad, but I will admit, I think all of the re-records have been my fault. <laughs> take, take him one for your so team this time. <laughs> it is a little refreshing that I'm not the one that fucked it all up. It's like, like, I am often, I have a really hard time with time. Like, you know this, Clint knows this, you guys probably commiserate about it all the time, like, Someone's like, how long will it take you to finish? I'll be like, 15 minutes. And then like an hour and a half later, I'm like, I wildly misestimated that. <laughs> uh, But like, so I'm either like 15 minutes early or 30 minutes late. There's like no in between. And so it's like when I get somewhere on time and someone else is late that happened today. I was like, this feels incredible. <laughs> like, this is such, this is... I've never felt this being the one who's on time and I love it and I feel so powerful and it's magic. Um, so Jennifer, thank you for that gift. You're
1: welcome. Everything's coming up Emily right now.
0: It's coming up Emily.
1: So <laughs> I, um, I'm um i gonna have to say that the spirit in which I told the story is definitely uh, diminished but I have a short one and a fun one and one that we haven't Really talked about in a while, so also to your point, Clint and I have never commiserated, but I will admit that <laughs> whenever Emily is like, Hey, let's do this at my time, I'm like, In my calendar, I put it 30 minutes to an hour ahead because I'm like, Emily's gonna text me and be like, Uh, I need
0: 15 more oh, minutes, no. or
1: I need to eat, or
0: Wait, what time is it? So <laughs> I'm not even mad. That's probably 100% accurate. You asked what time we wanted to record today and I was like, "My heart says 7, but my head tells me 8." Ten- and I 8 was correct.
1: <laughs> it was 15 uh, just about 15 minutes after 8 before I got like,
0: "Are you ready?" <laughs> Uh well at least I didn't say seven I'm trying to learn to like outsmart myself <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I want to say seven which means that's probably the wrong answer <laughs> there,
1: there you go we're peeling back the veil for you guys
0: you are- also listen for anyone who's had to suffer through me I'm not laughing in glee it's not like I do this on purpose and I don't disrespect your time I just. Like, Clint described it as, like, people who are colorblind or, like, have no sense of direction. That's how I am with time. It doesn't... I... If there's not a clock, I have no idea what is ever happening.
1: Well, luckily for you, and this is why this works, is I'm very good at pattern recognition, so I'm like, eh. Emily's always... She's gonna be late. It's fine. This gives me, like, 15 more minutes of, like, eating tacos or, like being in my pajamas, laying on the couch, going, what is life? So.
0: (laughs) You know, I do appreciate this about our friendship, that I'm always like, how about 7? And you're like, okay. And then you're like, I'll be ready at 8.30. The only, like, the...
1: I feel like the only hardline times that, that are real for us is, like, times that we're both busy anyway, so it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah. Uh... I will say, speaking of time, this time, listeners, you are listening to All Things Terror, which is a uh, podcast where we bring you terrifying true tales from science, history, uh, throughout the known universe, and the difficulties of time.
1: And sometimes we bring you
0: episodes that we literally
1: just recorded, but (laughs) we gotta start all over. It's, It's gonna be okay. You know what? You can say what you want about us, but at least we're honest. We're not uh, Instagram. We're not using filters and our fuck ups and our imperfections.
0: This is where Clint goes, God damn it, I wish you would. <laughs> All right, Clint, just for Clint, you. Uh, Clint always wants us to be better, and we are not. Well, I will become NPR when I am paid to be NPR.
1: Otherwise, you hear that, Clint? This is a hobby and I have a day job. Yeah.
0: All right. So, let's make Clint sad. Tell me a story.
1: I'm going to tell you a story. (laughs) Once upon a time ago, in a kingdom (laughs) far, far away, it was once known as Albion, but it's definitely known as the UK, and is in certain discords, known as Origin of the Settlers. There was a- This is this is <laughs> such a deep cut. <laughs> I love it. There was once a place called New Yorkshire, United Kingdom. And there once was a man named Daniel Audie whose sperm created a beautiful princess who is not a princess and I don't know what the fuck she looked like named Elizabeth Audie. And Daniel was like...
0: Elizabeth. Oddie, body, 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 body. (laughs) And that's the end Uh, of this episode. Thank you. I'm disappointed in myself. (laughs) Uh,
1: I hope that was, like, a folk song about her. Because, like, you know, they had their, like, shitty guitars back then. (laughs) Probably made out of something, like, oxen gut and, like... uh, Fox colon for guitar strings all right yeah I don't I don't know. I don't know what they made guitar strings out of in the 1600s. But anyways does
0: let's it... say uh, let's say horse hair tail why not? I think that's a violin well they're all stringed instruments
1: same all right same difference. We have decided that guitar violin same difference. Mm-hmm. Is that a science or is that a history? I
0: believe that's an art. An art.
1: Okay. We did an art. So, um, good guy Daniel is like, I love my daughter in this very uncomfortable way. It's the 1600s. I probably might have had sex with her. I don't know. So.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just. I just want to communicate there was apparently strong feelings of love towards the daughter Elizabeth. What that means, I don't know, but I'm not saying that things didn't happen. But it wasn't great. It was just an uncomfortable amount of feeling, especially in 2021 where we don't have feelings. So, uh, good guy Daniel Uh, will do anything for his family, and that includes being a criminal which he was he did a lot of crimes in his local north yorkshire area um it included theft of jewelry and counterfeiting money uh but he wasn't alone in this because elizabeth classic fucking elizabeth let me tell you she's like Hey, there's this guy named Thomas Busby, and I'm like super into what he has to offer, including his metaphorical, you know, package. So, like, I'm going to hump on him and we're going to get married. So, they did. She's like, So romantic. I know. Super, super cool in the 1600s how like romance
0: works. So, we, I have to point out, we made, I made a very. A joke that I'm really proud of uh, when you were talking about his... He's a career criminal, but, you know, it's not, like, violent crimes. They're not white-collar and blue-collar yet. And I said they're ruffle-collar crimes. They're ruffle-collar crimes. Thank
1: you. (laughs) I I had, after that, pointed out, like, unless your royalty really doesn't fucking matter. There's not, like, this type of stratus, you know, social separation yet. It's either... You're the queen, or one of the queen bitches, or, like, you're everyone else. And Daniel is everyone else. Um, so, Elizabeth marries this dude named Thomas Busby, which, earlier, outside of recording, we're talking about, like, just how great of a fucking name that is. And Thomas and Elizabeth live in this little inn slash pub. So Thomas takes on the family business with Daniel, and he helps him with his, his crimes, his criminaling. It's a family. It's a small business. Very small, much like many things in this time. If you're criminaling, it's better to keep it local, and they kept it local. <laughs> and in the in the tradition of royalty, in the family, it's an, it's yeah, it's an end- R.I.P. Prince Philip. Yeah. It's also an incest joke.
0: I'm gonna walk away from yeah. this now. <laughs> that's that's accurate. Yep. <laughs> so that is also the accurate choice.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Thomas and Daniel are working hard in their criminal shop, doing criminaling, and they spend some time counterfunding, counterfeiting some money. When they disagree on how one should. Of course, distribute the counterfeit money, and in what amounts so, uh, after being like, "No, I'm right, and you're wrong, and you're wrong and I'm right." kind of conversation, they were like, "Ah, yes, it is precisely um eleven fifty two p m It is time to adjourn. I actually don't know what time it was at night. I just assumed that everyone worked forever. They're just like There are no labor laws. Lo
0: yeah. how the tallow candle grows short. We must anon to our beds of straw. I feel I will get the Chloria. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Chloria. Uh,
0: I feel I feel it. The vapors. We must <laughs> we must hide to our our bed styles, lest the vapors envelop our humors.
1: Ugh. I am... Emily is very sober. I am not very sober. I should not be telling this story.
0: So you're going to sober up slowly, and I just opened a beer, so we're going to meet in the middle somewhere. That
1: sounds good. I like this. Um, unlike Thomas and Daniel, you and I have come to a, a joint agreement about sobriety. Um... Yep. <laughs> so they're like, "All right, going home. Fuck you, suck my dick," and that was that. Um, until the next day, because of course, like you just can't leave fucking shit alone. Sometimes, uh, Daniel shows up at the inn where Thomas and Elizabeth live, and there are two different sides of the story. There is story one, which is Daniel just came to check on his beloved daughter that he loves a lot and intensely in the 1600 okay, are
0: these <laughs> in, are these like creepy incest vibes in the stories or are you putting them on the story I'm putting them on the story because like I'm just saying like
1: <laughs> like when the description is in several articles and Daniel loved his daughter deeply it's like Ew.
0: Why does that need to be
1: said? (laughs) Right. And then it's like, well, I mean, he's the parent. You would assume that he cares about his daughter. But no, no, no. That was a point. But on top of that, then it's like Daniel showed up at the end where where his daughter, who is definitely having intercourse with another man, and that man lives. Like, it just, you know... Gave you weird vibes? Especially when we're talking about something that happened in New Yorkshire, which is definitely not, like, London. And (laughs) we're talking about the 1600s to 1700s. It just feels weird, you know?
0: It's like, uh, we've been watching the original Star Trek, which aired in, like, the 60s, the late 60s, early 70s. And there are definitely scenes where they say something. Like, there's one where... They're, like, going to visit this guy, and Bones, the doctor, is like, oh, he's really well-known for his hospitality. And Kirk's like, yeah, he really knows how to lay a table. And Bones is like, that's what I hear. And I'm like, what? Are they talking about sex? Like, is he getting them a bunch of sex workers or something? Like, what is going on? Like... I feel like there's some old-timey lingo that I am just not picking up on. Yeah, it's not 30% of the time watching that show.
1: It's really not hard to imagine for them to follow up with like lay a table with dot dot dot. we Pussy. <laughs> and be like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> also, did you so just I say pussy? Like... <laughs> right. <laughs> Children no, don't listen uh... to this episode.
0: <laughs> no. No. This, this we always have an explicit Marker, and <laughs> there's a are reason the reasons why, the, and the moments are unpredictable.
1: <laughs> oh, Star Trek and Thomas Busby story, you have so much in common. Oh, god! <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anyways, so that's story A. Story B is um, Daniel showed up to be like, Elizabeth, I'm here to whisk you away from this dangerous man who disagrees with my my thoughts and feelings about how we should do our criminals
0: we've had a business disagreement so your marriage is over (laughs) yes
1: you're my property and the ability for one to use you as a baby factory and pleasure conduit as i mean that's all to me so i've decided that you know fuck this thomas guy and Elizabeth's like, but wait, father, I don't know. There's no, Elizabeth doesn't really get a lot of say in this story. So um I'm just going to imagine Elizabeth was standing there like, seriously, dad? And you need to stop looking at my boobs right now. And like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm going to get a tattoo and piercing because I'm like really over this controlling shit. I'm going to get a tattoo. <laughs> Screw you, dad. I'm getting a tattoo. Exactly. Um, yep. and, it, and it's going to be of a cross, because...
0: I was going to say, what's it going to be in 17, 1600s England? Yeah, it's going to be a cross. Um, a cross? A, pro- oh,
1: okay. a I... Protestant cross.
0: <gasps>
1: no! <laughs> Thy
0: wenchhood! Uh,
1: I can't even make a good history joke. Uh, all right, anyways, so um, this is story A and B. Um, It's sort of like, a, you know, Goosebumps... Reader choose your own scare situation, but regardless, damn guardless as some might say <laughs> in this country. Um, <laughs> Daniel showing up at this um, in pub house thing while his da- his daughter is being rebellious and getting a tattoo like on the smaller her back of the Protestant cross, really ill-fated because Thomas shows up, who had been, by the way, having a good time, getting drunk with his friends. He's like, Daniel, how dare you show up at my house? But on top of that, Daniel, this motherfucker is sitting in Thomas's favorite chair. And they continue this argument about businessing and crime, inside of us inside of this uh space that elizabeth and thomas live in
0: and do you think thomas like or not thomas daniels like has his butt in the chair and like thomas is like walking around yelling at him and uh Daniel's just like scooting along like he refuses to get out of the chair but he wants to like chase after him so he's just like sort of scooting the chair along with his butt be like you get back here yes he's chasing
1: him butt (laughs) scoots but on top of that I think at some point Daniel probably like farted slash sharted and was like pulled down his pants a little bit to make sure there are some stains on the chair
0: Really rub the fart in there. Yeah, like, I'm picturing like a green velvet cushion for some reason. I'm gonna spoil it. It's definitely an oak chair, but Oh, well. You know, it's just
1: gonna have some skid marks Shit. on it. Oh, God. So they're fighting and in the tradition of all women in the sixteen hundreds, Elizabeth was just like, Oh no, they're fighting, what should I do? Like I can stand over here and do nothing. Maybe it's just like the this is
0: reasonable. I
1: wish there was McDonald's because I'd totally get down on a quarter pounder right now. Like that's a little <laughs> Um, they're arguing, fighting, arguing, fighting, and like Daniel's like, you know what, Thomas, you're drunk, and you're drunk fighting with me. Um, I gotta go home because you're drunk, and fighting with me. I'm not drunk, and I am fighting with you, but not drunk. So I gotta go home. Peace out. And Thomas is like, the fuck you say? Thomas is like, you come up in my house. Thomas is like, no! Yeah, he's like, you try to steal my rebellious wife, um, slash baby machine, maybe, but if- even if you aren't, you're here to visit her innocently, like- Still, you have like this uncomfortable amount of feeling recorded about her in history, but then, like, also you're like fighting with me about something we fought, fought about yesterday. After I have spent a lot of time getting drunk and having fun with my friends, which may or may not include a prostitute who knows it's 1600s and everyone has <laughs> syphilis, but on top of all this, you park your ass, and my favorite. Fucking chair, suck my dick. I'm following you home.
0: So he does. He, f- he follows um Daniel home, and he's like, I like Daniel is like soberly walking down the street, and then Thomas is like, I'm being sneaky in the bushes, and he's like, I can hear you. You crashing into fucking everything, you idiot. Yeah, he's just darting from
1: like topiary greenery to the next thing, <laughs> <laughs> and then when uh, he arrives at Daniel's house. He decides that the reasonable thing to do to settle this whole situation with counterfeit money and weird relationship with daughter and sitting in his favorite chair is murder by hammer. So he just, you know, murders him with a hammer.
0: It's the only logical conclusion. I mean, There clearly. is no other conclusion. Clearly. There's no, like, replant. Clint has tried to murder us with hammers so many times, but he lives in a different city and he's really. He's got extremely weak arms. He can barely lift a hammer, and that's why you and I are still alive.
1: I didn't realize that Clint was trying to kill us with hammers, but that's good information because. Yeah. I know immediately all I have to do is put a woman named Elizabeth between Clint and I, and he won't be able to murder me because. That's how this works.
0: Wait, no. This is the opposite. If anything, a woman named Elizabeth between the two of you should result in a murder. Are you saying you'll murder him?
1: No, I'm saying I will, like, as he's trying to murder me with a hammer, I'll just pick up a woman named Elizabeth and put it between us and then he would have to stop the momentum of the hammer hitting Elizabeth because of the uncomfortable relationship between him and Elizabeth that's unspoken
0: conveniently for you that is my sister's name so there's an elizabeth on hand um sorry
1: emily's sister but i appreciate you not volunteering as tribute but being tribute in either case so anyway someone gets murdered someone gets murdered wow we really (laughs) went down a rabbit hole in that one so um daniel gets murdered and i mean it's not even like a murder mystery for the police, so like it was Thomas and then he was convicted and tried He's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I did the murdering. So in I forget the date.
0: It's okay. I'll just make a note for Clint to cut it out.
1: So in Motherfucker. Uh seventeen oh two, Thomas Busby was hanged for the murder of Daniel Atti but here's, like, you know, like, <laughs> the fantastic shitty part of it is he was hanged next to the inn-slash-pub that him and Elizabeth lived in. So,
0: um... She, like, waves at him. As he's being... She's he's like, on the scaffold.
1: <laughs> she's like, Hi, honey! Honey, I cleaned the oven!
0: You know. <laughs> so
1: his final request before he dies, of course, is to have a meal in his favorite local pub, and he's sitting in his chair,
0: and... Yeah, man. He shed blood for that chair. Yeah, I
1: mean, you know, he's... This is his last moments, and after he finished his meal, he stood up, and he said, May sudden death come to anyone who dares sit on my chair. And, like, that's the end of Thomas Busby. Ex- Everyone's like,
0: I know that you're gonna die, but rude, you know? Why why you gotta be, like, goodbye, old friends, you know? But also, you gotta curse us. He's like, didn't you think
1: about, like, the future and how climate change would be a problem and, like, reusing <laughs> resources like oak chairs would be really important? No, of course not, because you're a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> Which is to say that while it's the end of Thomas Busby, it's not the end of Thomas Busby's story. Since the curse that he uttered after his final meal, 63 people who have sat on this cursed chair have met untimely, scary, and surprising deaths. So much so three seems pretty high. Well yes. And we'll touch upon maybe this chair business. But currently, um the chair lives in this Thrisk Museum and um I guess like the feelings are very high about the curse because this chair is actually mounted um several feet off of the ground so that people can't sit (laughs) on it. You're kidding. No, I'm dead serious. Yes. (laughs) Like, I have been waiting to get to that point for so long. But, um... Oh, that cracks me up. So, uh... There's lots of rumors about, like, people who were involved... And, like, uh, the soldiers who were involved in World War Two, who happened to sit in a cursed chair, like, didn't make it back from a war. Soldiers didn't make it back from a war during I mean, World War Two, World okay. which is just shocking. A few soldiers
0: died in that, I think. <laughs> At, like, three, right? Uh, I mean, several. Several, for sure.
1: Um, there's also now remember this is all hearsay right um there's another one where there was this chimney sweep back in the 1800's like late 1800's who was like drinking in the inn and he sat in the chair uh he was like yeah drinking gonna sit in this chair because I'm like the eighteen hundred version of a frat boy except I'm a chimney sweep it's cool and he sits down and the next day apparently he was found uh, he was found hanging from the post of the inn. So, <gasps> um, So, you know, residents were like, "Oh, it's you know, it's the final destination chair." Yeah, it's the final destination chair. And then, like, the official report, like he was depressed, so this was a suicide tent, But you know, mysterious circumstances. You know, I granted a little more mysterious than soldiers. More fighting in the war- in World War II sitting in the chair than like not coming back like that's a yeah. little shocking, so there's also this uh apprentice who was like, "Hey, guys who work in this inn that has this haunted chair in it, um sit in the chair." And then the friend was like, "Okay, fuck you. I'll sit in the chair, whatever. My dick is huge." He sat on the chair. I ain't
0: scared of no chair. Right. He's
1: like, and then the next in the afternoon, that person was found uh, not very far away from the ed- uh the end, but had died in a quote mysterious accident. Mysterious accident. Right. What does that mean? I I have no idea uh, what it really means (laughs) but there have been lots of people who were in quote mysterious accidents after sitting in the chair such as the example of a person who is identified as a young airman he sat in the chair talking to other people having a good time chitty chatty and then like these two dudes ended up sitting in a chair, and then they were both found uh, in a car accident later that was uh, deemed fatal as they were heading back to their airbase.
0: Hmm. I was hoping that you were going to be like, and then someone got decapitated by a stray telephone wire, or some like really bizarre accident, like fuck you from the chair written in the snow or something. (laughs) You know, that would have been nice,
1: but it all seems like a lot of car accidents. Like, there's another story about a delivery person who didn't know shit about shit about, like, this haunted chair, and he, like, chilled in the chair for a minute, and as he went on with his normal route, he ended up dying in, you guessed it, a car accident several uh, hours later.
0: So, this is... This has not been a good season for car aficionados. Right. Uh, (laughs) Lots of car
1: stories. So, this is what gets interesting, which is uh, they're after, I guess, after the original owner of the inn who well, the owner of the inn who owns this chair, uh, his name is Tony Earnshaw. He Donates the chair to a museum. And he's like, please put it somewhere where people can't sit it. And of course, like, now we have what I just told you, which is like, it's several feet up, like, <laughs> mounted on the wall so people can't be dumb and sit in it. So, the, uh, museum, it sounds like, I hired a furniture expert, uh, Adam Bowett, to take a look at the chair. And, Did he sit in it? From what I can tell, he didn't sit in it, but he did say that the chair was made in 1840, (gasps) which would make it 130 years and some change after Thomas Busby had hung in front of his inn. Lies! Oh my god, I feel betrayed. So... There's, like, well, it's not the original chair, but it, like, has the spirit of the curse in it. But it's just really funny because, you know, this is a lot like what I talked about with the satanic panic. It's not facts that have perpetuated this mythology because we know for a fact that this chair is not the very same chair that, you know, Thomas Busby sat in. Right. It's just this paranoia.
0: The chair, the chair that drives to murder.
1: Right. It's this paranoia and this curse that surrounds it, this mythology that turns you know, something otherwise common um, and not at all surprising, like car accidents, into this, like, it's clearly a curse. And, you know, in some ways, like, I'm super into it because, like, it's a cursed chair that's <laughs> you know we have plenty of cursed dolls not enough cursed chairs
0: yeah i'm with you this there's something nicely sinister and still kind of enjoyable about a cursed chair
1: it's so innocuous right but at the same time oh go ahead no no you go ahead i was gonna say it's also offensive because it's like you literally spent time mounting that on a museum (laughs) wall not
0: even an original
1: right like I'm really disappointed with this like shitty print (laughs) but
0: Jennifer if it wasn't mounted up on the wall would you sit in it
1: uh, I mean I'm dumb enough that I probably would sit in it and said maybe like (laughs) it's cursed and be like well that's fine I guess
0: Okay. <laughs> it's like, like a real Charlie Brown moment. I was gonna say All I'll take right. a real Eeyore
1: approach to it, which is like, Well, I guess I should have expected it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess my high knee's gonna fall off now. <laughs> like, You're gonna die in
1: a car accident. I'm like, well, I do live in Austin. <laughs> <It> seems appropriate. <laughs>
0: I would like to say that I would sit in it, but I would not. I'm a little superstitious. I'm just superstitious enough that I would be like, "Mm, not going to tempt fate. I'm not going to sit in a cursed chair.
1: Well, you know, there's just not a whole lot of things that are holy to me. So it's just like, and it's weird about the things that it's like, you know what? Sleep is sacred. It's very important. But then it's like, um, you know, this church outfit, is really important for attendance to a church and i'm like i don't know i cleaned my underwear if i'm gonna go to church be grateful for that
0: well you know i said i wouldn't sit in the chair but i have dated a lot of idiots but the biggest idiot well i don't know if it's the biggest idiot but he made the biggest idiotic move dated this guy who lived this like he went to like this flea market and he said one weekend he went there And there was just like a regular mirror, like it wasn't anything special, but the sign said Hainted Mirror, and it was $10, and he didn't buy it. And I was like, you didn't buy the Hainted Mirror for $10?
1: I mean, clearly it's a good decision that you guys aren't together.
0: He was like, what if it was really haunted? And I was like, awesome! (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how great this would be? Well, also, I'm with you. There are so many things that they're like, this doll is probably haunted. I'm like, that doll's not haunted. It's just a creepy-looking porcelain doll. Lame. But you know, someone casually selling a haunted mirror for ten dollars at a rural New Mexico like flea market. Yes, that clearly, thing is you get all definitely that. haunted. Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. You buy that. But more importantly, like, you know, if it is haunted, like, you know, they just there's. St- they're just ghost people you know you just need to be like tell me tell me about your problems and be like bitch do you have some wine and be like listen
0: i have so much wine what do you want fucking stop waking me up at night and we'll be chill let's just make the haunts during the day
1: let's talk about you know what's your favorite movie we'll watch a movie together
0: is it ghost
1: (laughs) it's probably ghost
0: (laughs) like you it's like a a puppy with separation anxiety you have to like Leave the TV on for the ghost when you leave, and you get out. You go out of town. You got to check. Get someone to check on the ghost.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but also, you and I have talked about this, like all kinds of several haunted objects, like the not Black Mirror the episode, but like the actual haunted Black Mirror. Man, that would be so awesome to be like, I own the Black Mirror that's like cursed. I
0: mean, since that day years ago when I realized that this person didn't buy a haunted object I I do have my eyes open I love to go to thrift stores and weird shops and man one day I hope someone's like haunted locket in your price range and I'll be like all right done let's do it (laughs) see let's roll these dice baby it does I would not sit in the chair but I will buy some other haunted object (laughs) So
1: like um, when I live when I was living in rural Georgia, and I said that too good. It's rural, not rural, rural Georgia. Rural. <laughs> um, this house that I lived in like really kind of fantastic because it had like original hardwood floorings and like really old school like you know heating ovens and like all the little rooms. Yeah. Uh, clearly the toilet was, like, the update to that house. <laughs> but then on top of that, there was this garage, and it was sort of, like, you know, the workshop garage that was made out of, like, concrete all around it, but, like, didn't have doors. Um, yeah. and, and right above it was an apartment. Again, original hardwood flooring and everything. and It was kind of great. I love that little, like, apartment above the garage. I spent a lot of time in it, but it always felt really uncomfortable because... There was this creepy ass <laughs> told me this story. fucking clown painting like right when you walk in. <laughs> like everything else is great about it. Like the living room, like honestly, I would live there now. It's like a reasonable kitchen. It was fuck ugly, but like reasonable kitchen, nice open like area for a living room kitchen, had a decent size, you know, bedroom, the bathroom didn't work, but you could fix it. But this fucking clown painting. And I would just go in there and be like, that's just awful. And, like, it scared one of my siblings so much they wouldn't even go in the garage apartment anymore. (laughs) But, like, we tried... (laughs) Like we tried to remove it from the apartment wall, we're thinking like, yeah, somebody could live in here. We can mm-hmm. like move in Check a fr- it down. No no no. It was mounted like as a fixture on the wall to like cover this giant hole in the wall. So <laughs> I, I I like to imagine because I've checked um on the internet, just out of curiosity, that house is still fucking there. The garage the apartment little clown. is still fucking, I really want the go like <laughs> it's just there. And you know, I like like to think people has-
0: come in to see if they want to rent it. They're like, "Well, we'll move that," and people are like, "No, no, no, that's a load bearing clown, ma'am."
1: Yeah, exactly. I just I feel like it's an important mythology that has to like continue in this fucking garage apartment.
0: I so Clint lived in a house it when we were in undergrad. We went to college together. He lived in a house with, like, a bunch of other guys. You know, everyone has a friend who lives in a house like that. That's kind of, like, the weird party house or, like, the hangout house. Yep. And they just had, like, a bunch of, like, you know, thrift store catches, thrift store paintings. And there was this one that, like, you know, we went to school in the, like, to college in the early 2000s. And uh, it was very, like, George W. Bush painting. Like, it was, like, a torso of a human but then it had all these little little faces on it um of like a soldier and someone wearing like a niqab and like this weird like middle eastern war vibe but also like just sort of abstract and shitty and we i was just like that painting is fucking cursed it is the ugliest thing i've ever seen what is happening And I don't know who started, but it was between Clint, me, and one of our other friends where someone, I think, left it on my doorstop to be like, you love this painting so much, we're going to give it to you. And then I would, like, leave it on someone else's so that, you know, when you open your door, there's just this scary painting. And we did this for a while where we would, like, trick everyone and, like, leave it outside their house. And then one time somebody did that to me and someone took the painting oh no <laughs> and i kept being like i have a picture of it and i will like i randomly sent it to our third friend emily and she just replied back immediately you're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> like we'll randomly send the picture to each other but i still to this day i'm just like who would take this is the worst painting like there's nothing redeeming There's no, like, enjoyment of it, ironically. It's just a terrible thing. And I'm like, I feel like one day I'm just gonna turn around and it's gonna be there. Like, it's just straight up, it's gonna find me. (laughs) It's
1: it's been waiting for you its whole life.
0: (laughs) It's been waiting. It's gonna make its way back. It's like, I had other shit to do, but now I'm back for you. (laughs)
1: Uh, Oh my god. Um... I feel like you need to share that painting with the world. I will.
0: I'll put I'll put that picture on uh on Instagram, on our Instagram, All Things Terror. Go see if uh All Things Terror podcast. Go see if if you've seen that painting. <laughs> Stare into its its lifeless many eyes. It's
1: deadlights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry Stephen King. I we don't deserve you as a reference. <laughs> um I really I really um I know I s- started this episode very disappointed, but I'm glad that we're ending on talking about shitty, you know, paintings that were creepy and terrible after talking about a haunted chair that makes my night. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and this is where I also want anyone who has like a haunted object story absolutely needs to tell us because I love those stories so much. They are so weird. I have no idea why if you were a ghost, you would haunt an object and I just, I want all the haunted object stories. Yes. And possibly the haunted objects.
1: Our uh, Facebook and our Instagram is a way great way to contact us with your haunted op- object pictures if you have them in your haunted object stories because... Um, We all have one. We all have a fucked up object in our life. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Welcome to all things therapy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye forever.
1: (laughs) Goodbye forever.
0: All Things Terror is written, recorded, and produced by two amateurs, Jennifer and Emily. Our sound editor is Clint. Intro music is by Cosimo Fogg. Come chat with us on Twitter at All Things Terror or Instagram at All Things Terror Podcast. Ask nicely and we'll probably send you a really cute sticker. If you like this podcast, tell a friend or write a review. It really helps us and helps more people find us. Goodbye forever.